You know, here's the problem when it comes to medical service. It's a lack of clarity when it comes to billing. Uh, we've talked about this many times, as have so many people, because, you know, can you imagine paying thousands of dollars more for surgery at one hospital over another because uh, the one hospital does not post its pricing? I, I mean, that is uh, a big concern. Why would you do that? Answer is you probably wouldn't. Joining me is Andy Mangione, Senior Vice President for AMAC. That's the Association of Mature American Citizens, the conservative version of an organization for those over the age of 50. Andy, welcome to the program. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to have you, Andy. Glad to have you here. Um, so how do we get, I mean, we've had these conversations. On this program, people talk about it all the time. Um, if there were just truth in billing, if we knew what we were paying for and pick your service, and it wasn't just we go to the hospital and spin the wheel and hope for the best because that's kind of the way it works right now. You, you have no idea what you're paying for anything. How do we get past that? Price transparency. And the president is taking a hard look at this. If everything was transparent, as transparent as the sticker price on an automobile or the price of a house, uh, not only would healthcare prices drop, but you would empower patients. And, and we're talking, and, you know, emergency situations are what they are. But if you have to have a knee replaced, why shouldn't you be able to shop four or five hospitals in your hometown, see who's got the best price, who offers the best service, and then make an informed decision and take care of yourself? This is where, this is where the president wants to take us. But there's a strong lobby that's, uh, that's fighting against this. You know, that's what we do with every other purchase, isn't it, Andy? I mean, we go, we look and see what's out there. We might go with the cheapest. We might go with something we like better because it has some features that we're willing to pay more for. Maybe the hospital's a nicer facility. It's closer to our home. Maybe we're willing to pay for that convenience. But if you don't know what the price is at all, you're, you're just operating in the dark. And I think it's important that the president looks at this. Now, on the, other, at yeah, on the other side of this, my concern is uh, I don't like government price controls Pretty much anywhere. I, I, I don't think the government should come in. This is the most, this is, you know, one size fits all. That's a dangerous place to be as well, is it not? Absolutely. And especially, I mean, you know, price controls are bad with regard. Government price controls always are in the past. What we've seen in other countries consistently lead to rationing. Though so we do not want any mandated federal price controls, particularly in private health care. Well, let's talk about uh, AMAC for a second and your role in in pushing for some changes. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, tell them what AMAC is, first of all. AMAC is a right-of-center organ member benefits organization with a business model that's identical to the other folks, the AARP people. So we're a member benefits group, but we're, we're a right-of-center group, and we tell you that up front. Uh, part of, uh, the premise of our mission statement, Steve, is faith, family, and freedom. We advocate for lower taxes. We want to curb out-of-control spending. We believe the Constitution is the greatest document ever created by man. We believe in religious freedom. We support the Second Amendment. We tell you what we lobby for, and we lobby uh, on our members, and they drive our decisions. So we're a men organization. We don't sit around a room and pick and choose the issues that we're going to support. Our members tell us that. And we started about 13 years ago. And we've built AMAC into an over 2 million member organization that has members in all 50 states. We are experiencing a surge in membership. It only costs 
16 bucks to join AMAC, and it covers your household. That's for a year. Right, right. And as I mentioned before, we're experiencing a huge surge in membership. A counterpart or, or a counterbalance, maybe. A counterweight to AARP is the way you put it, and I think that's a fair way to put it. Uh, and with more than 2 million members, you start to have some clout when it comes to uh, lobbying for transparency in medical bills, for example. So you, you've got some pull, Andy. Yes, we do. Uh, it's, it's been a long road, but yes, we do. We have the, uh, I'm part of the team that goes to Washington. I was in Washington last week. People there know who we are. Uh, we average about 4,500 members. That's an average per congressional district. So when I walk into a congressional office, uh, some, some uh, districts have as many as 10,000, depending on, you know, on the state. But when I walk into an office and talk about those types of numbers, the member of Congress realizes, number one, that there's an alternative that they can tap into when they want to speak to this demographic. And also, there's a voting block of AMAC members in their district. Do you think people realize that there's an alternative to AARP? I mean, they've been out there for so long. And um, uh, their, you know, their mission, I guess, is, is pretty well known by a lot of folks in many regards. But I think that the thing that people don't realize about AARP that you're being upfront about with AMAC is that they lobby, too, and they often lobby on the left side of the ledger for different it's pieces of legislation, right? It's interesting that you say that. Uh, we, we would love to work with AARP, Steve. We find ourselves uh, about 180 degrees on, on, on the other end of the spectrum with regard to how to solve the problems that are facing America. Let me give you a quick example. Last year, the president issued a rebate rule where he wanted pharmacy benefit managers to share the rebates they received from uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers they wanted to share these rebates with Medicare beneficiaries at the point of purchase to lower their out-of-pocket expenses. We thought this was a good idea, and we supported it. AARP, their leadership, despite their members supporting this, lobbied against it. I think that gives you a good, a good indication of where they are in the political spectrum. Yeah, and so and, and let's be honest. Uh, plenty of folks, and in fact, I would hazard a guess, the conservatism is stronger in people over 50 quite clearly than it is in people under 50 based on, I don't know, watching the debate in Nevada last night, for example. It uh, gives me the impression that maybe people over 50 have a tendency to be more conservative. I Call me crazy, Andy, but that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to call you crazy, Steve. <laughs> I think that as we get older, we've been paying taxes for a long time, yeah. at least on the fiscal sense, you know. Uh, you, know, you know, on the faith sense as well. But, yeah, I, I would say that's a safe observation. So uh, besides uh, the push to have more transparency and honesty in pricing when it comes to health care issues, what other sorts of, uh, of things do you dig into at AMAC? We dig into the solvency of Social Security. Uh, the last thing we want to see to make Social Security solvent is a tax increase. And we've crafted a plan that would make Social Security solvent for generations without raising taxes. It does call for some structural changes, some courageous structural changes, but it doesn't cut benefits, okay? Well, let me ask you about uh, that. What kind of structural changes? What would you do to make Social Security solvent for the next several decades or longer? The biggest component would be an age setback. So we would, we would take a look at, excuse me, we would take a look at uh, setting the age back uh, to receive your benefits for a couple of years. Uh, we also would take a look at uh, uh, people's incomes, uh, some people call this means testing, but keep in mind that we're looking at making Social Security solvent without raising taxes. Right now, generation, the millennials, uh, and, and probably the folks in Generation Z, although they're younger, they don't believe that Social Security is going to be around there. Of course, I didn't know either. Our children and our grandchildren with increased taxes. You know, when I was uh, 
in my 20s. I wasn't convinced that Social Security would still be around. It hits here, uh, but it does need structural changes. And I, and I think you're right about raising the age to collect Social Security maybe one month per year so it's not drastic. It's not a shock to the system, but I'm sure that's something you guys have talked about. i got to leave it right there. Andy Mangione, Senior Vice President for AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Real quickly, Andy, where can people go find out more right now? They can go to our website at www.amac, that's A-M-A-C dot U-S, or they can pick up the phone and call toll-free 888-262-2006 to learn more about joining AMAC. Great conversation, Andy. Look forward to having you back again. Uh, Really insightful, and I really appreciate you taking the time today. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you. There you have it. Andy Mangione, everybody, from AMAC, AMAC AMAC.US. It's the Steve Gruber Show. DTE believes that the energy we all use doesn't have to contribute to climate change. That's why within the next 10 years, we will triple renewables and cut carbon emissions in half. And now we're announcing a bold new goal to reach net zero carbon emissions in electric generation by 2050. DTE has long been a leader in clean, affordable, reliable energy. And leaders don't just do what's easy. They do what's right. DTE. At DTE, we're committed to using our energy to serve and transform communities, helping to create a brighter future for us all through projects like building parks, partnering with schools, job training programs, and volunteering our time to those in need. Because at DTE, we believe we have a responsibility to serve our customers and our communities. Learn more at dteimpact.com. DTE. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom, but a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.